With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome to this episode of the Black Tuesday podcast. With so much going on, got to talk to one of our favorites. She is the pride and joy of the state of Tennessee. Candy Matt, good evening. How are you? I am fabulous. I just had a hot dog with ketchup, so I'm happy. Oh, why? <laughs> why are you this? <laughs> Because I, I eat like a toddler. <laughs> just, hey, I mean, you've been consistent, so we really can't knock that. Now, yeah. before the show, just a peek behind the curtain, I always send Candy articles about what we're going to talk about. And one of the tweets was a, it was a reenactment or a a wedding proposal. Let me set the stage for you. There's a looks like a situation involving a black man in police. They have surrounded him with tasers, and there are people watching. His girlfriend is trying to play mediator between himself and the law enforcement officers. And so the cop tells her to go and grab his wallet from his pocket. The guy is on the ground, knees down, and he she goes to grab it, and it's a ring. He this is a really weak attempt at an elaborate wedding proposal. Candy, uh, so many questions here. Wait, did you send me this one? Yes, I did. It is Somehow I did not see this. This is the first. I, I must have overlooked that. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it. they literally, and the cops were white and the guy was black, and it's like, I get people are with these wild proposals and gender reveals, but what if somebody would have taken a shot at that cop? Then what? Who does this? Like, who finds humor in, in what's going on right now? Or police brutality, or like, or even, like, how how is any of this funny? People are stupid. I mean, it, and the guy had this big Dopey grin on his face, and I just, I just, you can't, considering where we are as a country, you can't really make this happen, and they did, and I was, I was appalled, because it triggered me, because I'm like, because uh, I'm first watching the video, I'm like, something's going to happen, and then it was this. I mean, how fucking tone deaf do you have to be? 
for starters, but like what the if I see a police interaction, I think like most good Americans that are you know tuned in to, to what's going on, what's been going on, like you have your phone on the ready like to record in case something starts going down or you start getting like the vibes that you know this isn't on the up and up, but like who the fuck what is wrong with people? That's the question. Like, and I mean, to, you have people with. Go ahead. I was just gonna say to me, if you're gonna spend the rest of your life with someone, if that is so boring to you that you have to dress up a proposal because the prospect of you know fifty years with this person isn't enough, then maybe you shouldn't fucking marry them. <laughs> That's what I thought. I mean, it it's it sits wrong for all the reasons. And I was just stunned that people a lot like people were actually in on it, and I just I have no tolerance for stupid people, and we're about to talk about a whole lot of these people. Somebody tweeted today that this is a tweet, and I'll read it to you. Hot take: You can be friends with a racist slash homophobe and still disagree with their views. Make it make sense, Candy. Oh, no, that one I definitely saw when you sent it because I was all on it. Like, that is the most absurd bullshit. First of all, that's, like, the most white thing I've ever fucking heard because it has to be a white person saying that, a white straight person. It has to be because, I mean, I live around these people every day in the ass crack of the South, and, no, I speak to, like, three people when I go to the store, and it's, it's horrible when I go to the stores with my friend who's nicer than me because she will go to say hi to somebody, and I'm like, it's like a Rolodex in my mind of shit that people said on social media, and I'm like, no. In, you know, on April the 12th, 2014, she said something about Barack Obama on social media. <laughs> and, like, I don't speak to people. I don't talk to anyone. There is no... I don't even know what that dude was talking about because what we entered into with the Trump era and, you know, after Dylan Roof killed nine people in South Carolina and the the resurrection of the Confederate flag that I now can't go anywhere without seeing, it's not about politics. It's about if you're a good human or not. I mean, if you still unapologetically support Donald Trump and are vocal about it and support some of the things he said, then, you know, to quote Andrew Gillum, or to paraphrase from Andrew Gillum, you might not be a racist, but you're okay with racism. Or, you know, maybe they aren't a racist, but they're, they're, they were okay with Trump vocally being one. That might not be what Andrew Gillum said. Anyway, um, I got myself confused there, but um, it's just, it's not about, it's not about politics, and I don't think it has been since Trump came down the escalators calling Mexican rapists. So I, I don't know how you can be friends with someone you have a completely different value set from. So I, I don't even know what that dude was talking about. You know, if you think that, you know, my biracial and black or immigrant friends and family are less than human, then I don't have a friendship with you. I mean, for me, it's easiest thing in the world if I see a bigot or if I see someone with homophobic views I kind of shy away from that person because yes we might be we theoretically could be cool before that but what if this person I mean these are the thoughts they hold these are the feelings that they keep inside 
the world is ugly enough. Just tired. And it's just, it needs to end when you see bigotry everywhere. Yes. And I, I think that's, too, why, you know, that's part of the problem in America. It's not just that people are racist, but it's other white people don't want to hold them accountable. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's I've even seen people that are, you know, unapologetic Democrats who have had a friend that has tangled with me because everybody tangles with me. If you live in the South and you say shit on social media, you're going to tangle with me. But, you know, I've had friends that make excuses for some of their friends, like telling me what a good guy he is, and I I don't really know him, and, you know, he didn't mean that. And and if I knew what kind of guy he was, well, I could see what kind of guy he is when he says bullshit on social media, like racist bullshit. But even people that I I respected and and didn't think were like that, I have seen them make excuses for bigoted friends and family. And to me, that's part of the problem right there. It just, it's the softening of bigotry. It's the people who will even misgender Lindsey Graham. And I always found that problematic. Like, we have no idea what that man's personal life is like. It's speculation. Right. And not, not, nothing's been confirmed. And as awful of a human being he is, and he is, I'm not going to misgender him. I'm not going to out him. It's not my business. That's his business. And people Yeah, cross that's that not an insult anyway. <laughs> I mean, but they cross that line and get real weird with that. And I'm like, no, nah, just... Stick to the man's politics. Don't stick to what you think you might know. Now, when we roll back from this quick break, we are going to discuss one topic and a fun one. You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FPC radio network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Biggs, Candy Mathis. Candy, now, one of the things that we all do, you know, you have your own business and I work, and it's more of like the one thing that we always have to do, no matter where we are in life, be it business professional, is small talk. I hate small talk. It is awkward and uncomfortable. Two questions. Why do people do it, and are you good at it? I am phenomenal at small talk, and I I don't know. I would say people do it, I think, because they're nervous when people are uncomfortable in places like an elevator or, you know, a taxi or Uber. 
I think they make small talk so that it, the silence, you know, seems so uncomfortable. But for me, like, I talk to the animals when I'm cooking. So, like, I tell the cat, okay, we need one-third cup this, two-thirds cup this. I do the same thing with my cat when I'm painting. So small talk is my favorite. But for me, small talk can be like I run into somebody that I – I know, and I won't, I won't speak to them because of the racist shit they said on social media, but I'll ask a stranger to read something for me in the grocery store, and 45 minutes later, we're sitting there swapping life stories. So I know people hate small talk, men especially, but I am bad about it. But I especially am bad about it when I'm nervous. Like, when I get really nervous, I just talk all the damn time. So, like, in the doctor's office, I'm, I mean, I just blurt out weird shit that I shouldn't tell strangers, but I do. Like, it's just, it's just annoying. But I do it out of nervousness, so I would assume that's why most people do it. But I don't know. Now, for me, it's – if it's light, small talk, like talking about something, just people are quick up here. So, how's that weather treating you? It's Wisconsin. It's cold in the winter. It's nice in the summer. The fall and spring can alternate between nice and being atrocious. Not really difficult. Or if it's really, really snowy, huh, we got some snow, didn't we? Really? Because I've been barricaded in in the basement all goddamn winter. Of course we got snow. (laughs) Well, in the south, it's sports. Like, we, I mean, you could talk about the weather here, but it's just going to change in five minutes. You know, it's, it's 68 one day, and it's supposed to snow the next. So it's pretty much sports, I think. Probably throughout the South, depending on where you're at. You know, if anywhere through Alabama, it's roll tide. I mean, I don't say roll tide, but that's what they do there. But um, you are not the roll tide. They they will kick you out the state. Oh, I will never. They would. They would have to burn me at the stake. I will never fucking say roll tide ever. I say go big orange. My mother lived in Florida, and when I, I stayed with her for a month one time, and I was so ready to get back just because. She was in, like, she was really more in, I would say, Seminole country, but, I mean, everywhere in Florida is, like, gator gator country. And I, I was so sick of seeing that everywhere I went. It was, like, everywhere you went, and they talked about the gators everywhere. You'd be in the, you know, the Piggly Wiggly, the Winn-Dixie, whatever, picking up groceries, and some random stranger starts talking to you about gator football, and they expect you to be a gator fan. So I think in the South, probably most of our small talk, would revolve around sports. But on the opposite of that is politics, too. They talk about that, and it's 76% Trump town, so they expect you to agree with them. Now, Florida Gators, as an SEC fan, we've got to kind of dive into this a little bit. Florida Gator fans are known for being, like, the ones who wear jorts, the ones who still will rock the occasional mullet, or the ones with the excessive camel toe slash... Skinny jeans. Are they the embarrassing cousin of the SEC family? Oh, absolutely. It goes back to Steve Spurrier. You know, he was, and even though he's from Tennessee, um, when I was in college, and, and Tennessee was national champions, the night we played Florida, 
that we tore the goalpost down. We went undefeated that whole season. But I was working at O'Charlie's on the Strip in Knoxville then, and that was the only time that we got shut down because of fighting. Because Florida fans, I mean, they were assholes just like Steve Spurrier, but they are trash. And I'm going to piss off every Florida fan that happens to listen to this, but they are the trash of the SEC. Like, Alabama, at least the older Alabama fans, like our granddads, they were kind. I mean, they were some of the politest people I'd met. Now, they're really not now under Saban in this dynasty because they're so obnoxious. But Alabama fans, for the most part, were were kind, but yeah, Florida fans are the just absolute cousin fucking trash of the SEC. <laughs> now, if the SEC were a neighborhood or a town, you'd have Alabama because they're the most successful living in one of the bigger houses. You'd have Vanderbilt because they're the smartest living in probably a big house too. What other schools are on that street? Well, in terms of education, if we're putting Vanderbilt there, I think maybe we have to put Auburn there because Auburn seems to be a classier fan base, I guess. I would think so. Um, if we're, it's obviously not based on winning if we're putting Vanderbilt in the big house. So right. I'd say we got to put Auburn there too. Um, Kentucky's going to be down in the trailer park somewhere. Um, Tennessee. I mean, I don't even know what you say about this. Is it based on the old Tennessee, like the Phil former days, or now? I would be afraid to even know where I would put us on that totem pole. But I would say Auburn. I don't hate Auburn. Of course, they have Bruce Pearl, who I love. But Auburn is not obnoxious, and they never have been. And they're a more educated Alabamian. Is that a word? Alabamian, I would say. So I would put them up there. Um, Missouri's going to be way down with Kentucky. I guess, I guess Tennessee is maybe a – it's like a 1954 Memaw Brick Ranch house. Like, we were really nice when we were first built, but we need a lot of updates. Now, where would you put LSU? Oh, LSU is another – because LSU used to be right up there in, like, the gated community like Alabama. But LSU now is kind of – maybe they're in a part of town where some – some bad folks have moved in, and it, it used to be nice. It's not completely run down yet, but it's on the way. I don't know. Now, would Georgia be in the part of town where it's slowly developing, but it's seems like it's taking forever? Well, as a Tennessee fan, you know I want to say fuck Georgia and put them in the trailer park too. But, I mean, they're a modest starter, 1,200-square-foot home, I would say maybe. So you probably nailed that one. It's pretty accurate. Now, Texas A&M, they are new to the city, and they really haven't offended anybody. They're just kind of there. So they're pretty much in, like, the the middle part of town, just like the nice. It's, it's fine. They're fine. They're okay. Yeah, but I would say they were, like, an okay neighborhood on the outskirts. Like, we don't even know what you're doing here kind of thing. Yes. Like, you're, you're inside the county line, but... You don't really count. <laughs> That's how I feel about Texas and Missouri. Like, it just doesn't even make sense. It's like, how much West is in Southeastern Conference? Well, but I've accepted yeah. them now. I don't. I, I don't hate Texas A&M, but yeah. So that's probably they don't bother anybody. No. 
I would say Arkansas is right there. Oh. They're in that Missouri category, right? Yeah, they got to go in the trailer park with Kentucky. Everybody's going to get mad at me that's listening to this. You know that. <laughs> yes, they're going to want to fight you now. They're going to tweet me. And I guess, wait, are we missing any? Uh... It feels like we've left somebody out. Kentucky's there. Um, Kentucky, Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Georgia. Georgia, South Carolina. South Carolina. Where's South Carolina in this? <sighs> you know, I didn't hate South Carolina until Spurrier got there. You know, Tennessee has, um, it seems like every year we play them. We it, it will be one of the only games we win in, the, in recent years. But it goes into overtime. It, it's just crazy. So, I don't really know. I think they have a rivalry with us, but I don't really consider it because we always end up beating them usually. Um, but I don't hate them. They're not as offensive to me, but they, they were when they had Spurrier. So it's weird. I'm not sure where I would put them. No. Maybe no. with Arkansas. I, I can see that. Now, yeah. here's the thing. Now, you got Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Oh yeah, I forgot about them. <sighs> they got to go in the trailer park too. I mean, I know that Manning. Which, if it wasn't for Ole Miss, we wouldn't have any Mannings, right? Right. Um, and, and Peyton chose us. So at the same time, I feel I feel obligated to have kind words for Ole Miss. So. Maybe they can get, like, an apartment. <laughs> Mississippi State gets beside Kentucky and Arkansas. Now, if you ask this question to other SEC fans about Tennessee, you know we would be dead last. So. Now, here's the thing. When we come back from commercial, we definitely need to get into uh, tragedy in your home state and also – finish on a light topic. You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FPC radio network. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Biggs, Candy Mathis. Candy, there was a school shooting in Tennessee this week. No charges will be brought against the officer. Explain how awful that is. Well, you know, one of the most horrific things about shooting, you know, besides the child's death, is the lies. I mean, I don't even know if we've gotten the full story yet. And here we are in this in this movement of, you know, hopefully moving towards justice and policing and accountability for police brutality. I and mean, you get the, the Chauvin verdict and... um here is this shooting, and the cops' first instinct was to lie. They lied until even the body cam video was released, and I'm not sure they even released the full thing. I mean, just from what I saw, it only picks up after the kid has already been shot. So all we know for sure out of that shooting is that the cops lied. And it's just, you know, as a former nanny, it's not that hard to tell the truth. Like, you know, we have two- and three-year-olds, and that is the the big thing with me is the kids with me don't get in trouble for anything except lying and bullying. But 
we've got grown police officers um, in charge of our safety, and that was clearly their first instinct, to lie, to lie and say that the kid shot the officer when that isn't even close to what happened. It's just, it's infuriating. Now, did you see where, how these charges were brought? Like, oh, the not charges were brought, but what led to this? From what I understand, it was a domestic, mm-hmm. and the kid was there. Yeah, the kid was in the bathroom. I did see where the mother of the girlfriend had said she's sorry she even called the police, that she never would have called him if she would have known they were going to kill him. But that the gun allegedly went off when they were arresting him. He supposedly had a gun on him. But who knows what is true when the cops have lied, and we know they lied. And if that were us, if I claimed you hit me or we had a domestic dispute and it came out that I lied, I would be in trouble for that. So how is a cop in a police department lying to the public? I mean, even if he wasn't charged with a shooting, how is that not a chargeable offense? That's what I want to know, and the mother says she feels bad, but, yeah, she's going to have to live with that one for the rest of her life. Like, she yeah. got that boy killed. I mean, if we're honest, that that boy is not walking. Well, who does that? Like, you know, I don't know anybody who just – I don't know Karens that just call the police on people, but especially kids of color and people of color. Who does that? Like, I'm not calling – the cops on anybody but like it's at the point in america where and i know that it's been this way forever it's just that now we're getting you know things are getting recorded and um we have video proof of it but like i honestly if i got in an auto accident and it was a person of color i'm not sure i would even call the police then as long as nobody was hurt i mean i just i don't think anybody that's been paying attention could pick up the phone and call the cops on a person of color unless it, you know, you were being hijacked or kidnapped or held up or something. And she, I mean, that's her conscience forever now. This is her legacy. That boy is gone because of her. And she can say she's sorry, but when you call the cops on a black person, you you need to make absolutely sure that they did something that merits police presence because if you don't it could turn ugly very fast now we're getting on a light note you posted a picture of your bolt your your food there was like was it fried fish french fries and hush puppies someone asked what a hush puppy was and i just i was stunned like how do folks not know what a hush puppy is well i get a lot of weird questions sometimes and then i realize i have followers like in england scotland but don't they have hush puppies over there? <laughs> so there was no reason I could think of that they wouldn't know what a hush puppy was. And she's like, oh, what's a hush? Oh, what's that? Oh, I mean, we're not going to even talk about how atrocious the giant lagoon of ketchup was because that just turned my stomach sideways, forward and backward. Oh, but yeah, I was being obnoxious with that just for fun. Totally I mean, obnoxious. I just, it took up like half the screen. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of ketchup. <laughs> And it wasn't even enough, but I told my, my best friend when we went to get it, and I was like, oh, I have to tweet this at Terry because fuck yeah. You know, like, so I was like, let me put it, let me put a boat of ketchup, just like a whole, 
just filled it up, and then it wasn't even enough. And I knew immediately people would be like, oh, that's so gross. Like, the, I would never eat grease people, you know. And I'm like, it was it was Captain B's, which is hit or miss. You know, Captain B's, Captain B's can be disgusting, but it was pretty damn good. For cheap grease, it was good. I enjoyed it. I mean, the fries, the everything, but the ketchup looked good. But, I mean, now... We didn't talk about mayonnaise now. Oh, disgusting. All of it? Uh, mayonnaise makes me want to punch somebody in the face. Just the texture? Like, or? I don't know. I despise it. Like, I thought that we had found some camaraderie for this yes. in the K-Hive because, you know, th- there seemed to be a lot of mayonnaise hate till I felt seen. But, um... I hate it. I've always hated it. It's gross. It's disgusting. It it looks like the way fat looks on the side of your ass. You know how you get, like, dimples in your fat? Like, that's what mayonnaise kind of looks like to me. It is. I mean, light mayonnaise and maybe, like, tuna sandwiches, that's one thing. But I'm not a mayonnaise aficionado, but one thing I can't stand is Miracle Whip. That is the worst thing on earth. I don't understand the difference. As someone who's never did mayonnaise... I hear the debate, but, like, I don't get how they're different. Mayonnaise is a Miracle Whip is, like, it's snobby cousin that (laughs) also, like, scratches themselves that family family (laughs) get-together. It's the Alabama fan of condiments. See, you, see, Alabama fans are going to be at you because you, I mean, Oh, they always are. You missed it one day. I was tweeting about Doug Jones and being silly. I don't even remember what I said. It was lighthearted and immediately, oh, my God, they were mad at me. It was, like, way early in the morning, too, and I was like, you know what? You better take this on to somebody's Twitter timeline that gives a shit because it's not me. Alabama has three A's and a B. Unfortunately, no one who ever played football there could ever say the same. Well, the best thing that ever come out of Alabama is I-65 North. I mean, there's literally nothing good there. If you say that to somebody from Alabama, they'll start to get so mad at you, and they'll say, we have a lot of good stuff in Alabama. And it's like, okay, besides football, name one. They do. I mean, Mobile is nice. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. on the – it's a nice – it's a nice uh, – Destination City, the birth of Mardi Gras, because I have friends from Mobile, and they will tell you it's the birth of Mardi Gras. It's not all of Alabama. It's parts of Alabama that, um, who was it, Nelly, went to, he headlined a Pepsi show in Cullman, Alabama. Cullman, Alabama is probably the most famous sundown city in the South. And he performed there, and no one ever hit into it like, uh, you're not supposed to be here. And the only reason why you're allowed to leave town is because you're famous. Get out. But, Alabama contributed the marble to the Supreme Court. I'll give them that. See? They, see it's, and they had Doug Jones. So that's three things. They have three good things in Alabama. That's it, ever. They have good food in Birmingham. Birmingham is... Okay, well, I guess being from Tennessee, since you drive through Alabama, 
to get to Florida, like, that's just kind of how I look at it. Like, growing up, that was the thing as a, as a kid. You go to sleep in the back of the car when you went to your vacations, and you're like, wake me up when you get, we get to the line. Which is understood you meant wake me up when we get to the Florida state line because you slept through the entirety of the state of Alabama. They have a lot of mobile homes. Like, there's mobile homes, like, dealerships as you get down in Alabama. So that used to be kind of cool because it was like, wow, look how many they are. But that's about it. I mean, I'll say this. Montgomery finally has a black mayor. They're slowly, I mean, for every Tommy Tuberville, there's a Doug Jones. And it's like every other state in the South that I root for that, hoping that Georgia magic would somehow work in other states but before we get out of here how can people interact with you on social media i am at candy mathis c-a-n-d-i-m-a-t-h-i-s on twitter don't mean tweet me though because i don't give a shit one of the best people out there candy mathis thank you so much for joining us on the black tuesday podcast thanks friend thank you friend this has been another episode of the black tuesday podcast be good to yourselves be good to each other. Friends, do not let friends ever, ever, ever use ketchup.